Welcome to Roll Call with Ramona. I am your host, Ramona Singh, and I have a special guest today. Her name is Roma Singh. She has been in the beauty industry for 14 years. Currently, she's the global relations manager for Bellamine Professional, but prior to that, she was the regional sales manager for Canadian, the entire market. Uh, and previous to that, she worked for Mac for about 10 years uh, and Estee Lauder at a corporate level dealing with all the online orders and special orders. Uh, Estee Lauder is one of the massive companies that actually carries brands like Clinique, Aveda, Tom Ford, Bobby Brown, La Mer. So we have a lady who's been, you know, involved very deeply in the beauty industry, as well as in styling and currently a specialist in hair care. Welcome Roma Singh to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Um, you know, too bad you can't be in studio, but I guess during COVID-19, I mean, everything's done online and virtual. So I guess you're getting used to that as well. Yeah, it's the way of the world right now. This is what we're all doing. Absolutely. So Roma, you have had this amazing career and, you know, in your current role, I guess, you know, prior to COVID-19 and the travel ban regulations, uh, you know, you were traveling all over to Los Angeles, Miami, being in charge of like the Canadian market, you know, you've gone to like Calgary, Vancouver, Montreal, Toronto. I know you are a native of Toronto. So what is your favorite place to visit? Uh, that's a really good question. I don't want to be biased, but I'm going to have to say Toronto. <laughs> because yes, of course. It's my favorite city. I grew up there. Um, all my friends and family are there. So every time I come to Toronto, it's just like a, it's just a warm welcoming. Yeah. And I guess it's nostalgic when you're like landing and, you know, uh, landing into Pearson Airport and you get to see the skyline. I imagine that feels awesome. It's amazing. Doesn't get old. No, it doesn't get old. Well, I mean, you know, since you've worked in all these different markets and you've worked at a professional level and with salons and corporate, you know, which like what city is the friendliest to you or in terms of like in terms of like the brands the, the brand that you carry that they love? I'll, I'll be honest with you. It's actually, believe it or not, it's um, it's Alberta. Anyone oh, wow. who is in the province of Alberta. So like the cities of Calgary Edmonton, Lethbridge, they are super friendly and have really welcomed the brand of Bellamy with, with open arms. They, they really love the brand. And I think it's a lot to do with the fact that it embodies the, the LA, the LA vibe. And right. for some reason, Alberta has likes that vibe. So it just works the best there. Wow, that's great to know. So you've, you've actually traveled to all those cities in the province of Alberta? Uh, I have most, most major cities. I mean, there's not a lot of major cities, um, but Edmonton and Calgary. And then I do have some, some really lovely small towns like I, uh, Red Deer, Bucket Hat um, that I work with, and they're just really lovely people. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So here we are in this post COVID-19 era for the beauty industry. And I know you have a ton of experience in the makeup industry, spending about 10 years there. And, uh, you know, you, you've done also events and styling and photo shoots and uh, music videos. Uh, I know today you're, you know, you're an expert in like extensions and hair care products for Bellamy. Um, but, you know, just looking at some of these stats, like when you look at, and I'm going to quote some, you know, Canadian market stats, uh, you know, makeup 
has been down, the sales have been down in quarter one of this year, uh, about 22% versus a year ago. And now with uh, all these stores like Sephora and everybody else at Mac opening up slowly, now they have, you know, to, the, the regulations are to wear masks. I guess a lot of the samples you're not allowed to use, just like before where you're able to go try on the lipstick and blushes and all that. So, you know, like, how, like, what do you think is going to happen in terms of like consumers being able to adapt, you know, to buying a product without even being able to test it or to see if there's a color match? You know, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, it's funny you say I was having this conversation actually a couple of days ago with one of my friends about um, how the, the how everything is changing. And, you know, when you go into stores like Sephora, Ulta, even Ulta now carries Mac. Um, Max really dispersed itself into more accessible markets like Sephora and um, it's, it is available in Sephora now and Ulta. Um, it's just the way the world's working now since you can't go in and try on testers and because of sanitary um, procedures. Um, everything is online now and when you go on their websites you now see um, so how they're trying to um, help consumers out with picking the right shade. They have three different arm skin tone so you have your light like your fair skin medium and then a dark skin tone and then they swatch the color on that skin tone so that you can kind of gauge where you are and how it will look um, so that's how they're selling products now since you can't really go in and test it and be hands-on so I guess it's uh, because it's about three skin shades I guess you would just go with the one where you're closest to match Exactly. Um, you know, and then, exactly. and then you, and that color, like lipstick color or eyeshadow color would probably be the best match for all the different shades closest to those, you know, one of those three shades, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Tones. Not only, there aren't, there aren't any three skin tones that exist. Like there's so many on the spectrum. Um, it's just, you have to really just see where you fall closest to. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's still not accurate, I think, because I've been in the industry for so long and I've been so hands-on that you just, I feel like maybe it's the way the new generation is purchasing product. It's just easy for them and it's worse. Yeah. But if you take it back, like, I don't know, 15 years, it, you had to go into a store and try something on. It was never like, online wasn't the thing 15 years ago. It was all, you go into the store, you try this on, you wear this, you try this out. You know, and then that's how you know when you want to purchase a product. But now it's all about reading a review or seeing an influencer wear it. And then, you know, it's just a quick purchase. Yes, I can imagine because you went to uh, cosmetology school, you have your Bachelor of Honors in Fine Arts. So that color matching, and I know you've had a lot of experience on not only just a corporate level, but also retail dealing with the end clients. So I can just imagine those challenges. But that's the other interesting thing with influencers online. Uh, I've, you're very active on social media through Bellamine and all the influencers that you work with. Uh, you know, I've even seen some of your uh, tutorials on products. You know, how effective has that been during this COVID period versus before? Um, well, I think it's, you know, this, this uh, format of tutorials has been, um, has been going on for quite a couple, like, you know, uh, uh, not, I wouldn't even say a couple, I would say like several years now where, uh, 
you know, consumers will go online and, and watch step-by-step how to put on a product. And it's just grown even more rapidly during COVID or during this epidemic because um, you don't really have access to go into a store and ask a professional or a makeup artist or, you know, you kind of have to just pick it up on your own. So it is the way we're, we're moving forward with how you sell product. It's all tutorial based. Um, but the funny thing is I find that now it's even changed to another step of quick tutorials like um, TikTok. Oh, right. You know, have you been on TikTok? Have you seen like the way tutorials are? It's not step by step. It's just the fin- the, the beginning and then the end real quick in like 30 seconds. Not even I think right. 15 seconds. Yes, because on YouTube, you would see a tutorial for 15 minutes on how to do everything step by step. Now with TikTok on exactly like 15 second videos, you're seeing the before and after or, you know, a quick, you know, or they fast forward the reel. So you see them applying it, but it's fast forwarded and these are the products. So it's like, oh, I'm using this color, this color, and this color for my, you know, cheeks, lips and eyes, for example. Yeah, surprisingly, I've done both ways. So I have done step by step. And then I have done a TikTok for the company, for Bellamy. And the most engagement we got was the quick TikTok version where I was applying lashes, but I wasn't even talking about how to apply it or what I'm doing. It was just, uh, it was dubbed with a mean girl's voiceover. And that got the most engagement because, oh, wow. Yeah. It got the most like, give us some numbers on this, like what that means. So um, average, an average view uh, for one of our videos that we post on Instagram, it usually gets about, I would say, I mean, we have two platforms with the professional, which I run, and then we have the Bellamy hair, which is our consumer. And that's the, the main page. Um, average, it will get anything from anything from 10 to 20,000 views. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. sometimes more depending on which influencer it is. So it can go up to 50, even depending on the influencer. Uh, for that one, I got actually 30,000. Wow. Step step. Yeah. And then, um, which is amazing because I didn't even anticipate that. And then for the TikTok, it got about, I think we're at like 70 now. 70,000 views just for views. TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. How is TikTok different from Instagram in terms of, you know, the views and push, like being able to do product launches? Well, the difference is, TikTok, it's not, um, you can use, there's more uh, song choices and sound effects that you can use that have been, um, what do you call it there? Uh, um, Is is it like, sorry. So on Instagram, there's like licensing. Sorry, that's the word I was looking for. Uh, Instagram has certain licensing for music, but with TikTok, you can literally use any song you want. They have a lot more options, a lot more sound effects, a lot like you can, you can do more effects. You can do, you can do voiceovers, you can do, it's multifaceted and it, it's really, it's attracted a, a large group of, um, of people. Like everyone is on TikTok now um, and the algorithm is different. So it works differently than Instagram. Whereas Instagram, you post a video or an image and that's it. With TikTok, it's, it's fast paced, it's quick. It has to be interesting, engaging, and um, it's, I think you only get like, yeah, 15 seconds. 
Right. And the entertainment value is really high. I mean, sometimes because it's so entertaining when you watch these short videos, you know, on anything that you're interested in, like you said, with any kind of music that's added to it and the filters and the backgrounds. I mean, I sometimes don't realize you're on TikTok and then like an hour goes by like so easily. It feels like five minutes because this entertainment value is so high. Yeah, it's got a lot of entertainment value, which that's why a lot more people are using TikTok um, as opposed to Instagram now or YouTube. If you're not on TikTok as an influencer, it's like you're missing, you're missing the boat. Right, right. So speaking of influencers, I mean, uh, you know, one of the biggest influencers, I guess, in the beauty um, industry or line is Kim Kardashian West. And during, even though sales were down for a lot of different products during COVID-19 of this year, uh, KKW sold steak in her company for $200 million to Cody, now valuing her, you know, uh, beauty line uh, at $1 billion. So, so is it now a space for mainly influencers um, to be able to carry products, launch products, introduce products? Is that what's happening with, you know, businesses, brands like Bellamine or other brands? Do they have to do these, you know, professional relationships and make sure that influencers are launching their products? Is that the most effective way now? That is the most effective way. I don't think there's any other way that product selling now if it's not associated with an influencer and usually with an influencer there's now we have macro influencer that's another terminology used where oh wow under 100k or at 100k that's a macro influencer um or micro um and then you have your your actual influencer so if you're at like uh anywhere from I know this is what we use for Bellamy, but this might be different for different companies. It's anywhere from 500K plus to a million plus, because um, we have some influencers we work with where they're you know, at a million followers, two million, three million, we even have a five million. So those are the ones that if we get those under our roster of influencers, then we know we're for sure selling a product because there's a, a larger uh, group that follows them, more audience and you know, that's how products and that's how products sold. Right. And that the, the influencer is a trusted, uh, you know, uh, person in terms of, you know, what their brand is, if they're in the beauty or in health or whatever the case is, then I guess their audience trusts when they, you know, carry on a brand. But how do you even reach out to an influencer? Like what, how does that even work? Well, there's a whole process in place, like the department I work with that, that whole department, we have different, um, there's five of us and we all have different roles that we play when reaching it's outreach. Um, and mainly you work with either the influencers manager. Um, usually if they're high ranking, like at 1 million plus, they have a manager and we work with their manager just to get the product to them and go over the deliverables of what we want from them. Like, um, you know, two Instagram photos, um, you know, a story, maybe a YouTube, like it all, it all varies. And then the manager has to make sure that those deliverables are met um, with the influencer. And then the influencer creates the, the content, gets sent to us, we post, and it's a partnership because then there's also, you know, there's a payment that go, that's involved. So they meet, they meet our, like, it's, it's a partnership. So that's right, how right. Yeah. And I bet they get a lot of free products to even test and try oh, yeah. and see if they're going to back it. That's all. Yeah. That's how it goes. It's usually we, we send them the product and they test it out. And if it's something that works for them and they like, then 
we're more more likely to get a nice, honest, um, you know, authentic video. Right, right. So now with Bellamy, uh, you guys work really close to salons as well as I mean influencers. And so now with you know salons that have now opened up, they're facing a lot of government regulations. I mean, I can speak to in Canada. You know, they have to wear masks. You know, at all times and sanitation's high, and they can't have you know a certain amount of people at a certain time in the salon. So all these regulations. What do you think? you know, the landscape's going to look like when it comes to, you know, salons and the relationship between salons and products that, you know, they, they carry with their vendors. Well, the, the relationship is all, well, I do work for the professional side of, of Bellamy. So that is our, um, our professional hair, which is, uh, tapins and, uh, keratin bonds, um, weft. That's more, salon-based products where you need a stylist to install. It's not our consumer line, it's just clip-ins that the consumer can use. So in terms of product, I feel Bellamy has a new product. It's only been around for five years now and the professional has been around for two, two and a half, I would even say three almost. So it's, it's a very new company. And it's, you know, the owners are still prevalently there. They work in the office every day. I see them every day. So it is a very new company. And um, it's gotten a great response. We have over, I believe we are at 1.8 million followers, which is the wow. largest for hair extensions in the world. Um, there, aren't, there isn't any other company that has that kind of following because we work with a lot of influencers and we did do a collab with Kylie Jenner, um, a clip-in line. Um, I don't know, you remember when she had that blue ombre hair? Oh, right, okay. Yeah, when she, yeah. so Bellamy replicated that and had her endorse it. So that blue ombre hair was a Bellamy, uh, Bellamy collab with Kylie. And that really took us, that took the company off um, with, with opening doors with other influencers. And so anyways, getting into the professional side of things, it's, it's a two-year-old company. So it's been interesting to see the response of the product in salons. Um, from what I've noticed, salons that the owners are, you know, maybe a millennial in comparison to a salon that's been around for 50 years, I get two different responses. So, you know, the, the, I would say the millennial is more receptive to the brand because they are more likely to be on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and see the collaborations with, um, with influencers. Whereas you have your, your, you know, your established salons that have been around for ages they don't really not, I'm not going to say care, but they, they're, they really like to stick to what they know. That's tried and true for them. And that can be, you know, companies that they've used for a long, long time and they have good relationships with. So it's been kind of um, interesting to see where the brand kind of what market it breaks into and what kind of salon it breaks into. Right. That, that is very interesting. You know, now that, uh, you know, work at home has been, you know, a common thing for everyone and all these video conferencing that goes on to be able to have your virtual meetings, you know, give us some advice for a work from home makeup look, because I guess, you know, putting on a full on makeup where you would have maybe to go into the office or to meetings or to launch events, you know, you are not going to do the same, but give us some basic tips of like, you know, do's and don'ts for video conferencing for makeup? Well, you know, to be honest, I haven't really been doing much either. Like 
usually when I used to go into work, I would, you know, have my hair, makeup done, everything. Even when I was doing sales for Bellamy, my hair was always done. That was something that it was not even a question. It had to be done because I was selling the product. But right. now everything that's done through video, still polished and presentable, but I don't think, you know, um, I do them, you know, it's not as much <laughs> as it would have been being out in person. But I think just a polished, clean look, you know, minimalism, you know, works. It looks good on camera, I think. Like, it looks clean. Right, exactly. It looks clean. But, you know, this is now the new normal uh, that, you know, people are going through. And I guess now there is an app out that you can have, you know, your picture that kind of moves a little bit. So it looks like you're doing, you know, you're, you're live on the video but you don't have to be because that's the other thing, you know, like your backdrop and your hair. And of course now, uh, you know, all the do it yourself, you know, whether people are, you know, where they've had to color their hair from a box or, you know, just to be able to keep up appearances and not being able to do a salon, you know, has taken a toll on everyone. Absolutely. It's funny how you say that I actually use the background, the, the backgrounds for the Zoom meetings. I always do a different background. <laughs> like right, good. You pattern one. I have like nice backgrounds just because I don't know. I feel like it doesn't, it doesn't feel the same when you're in a meeting and there's like furniture behind like a fridge behind you or like a kitchen. It just right. when you have a virtual background, I feel it just looks better. So I usually do that. I think that stands out more than what I have on my face, you know? That's true. That's true. Everybody wants a clean background, you know, for, for their meetings. And I think that's what we've all been very conscious of, of, you know, what is, what does the space I'm using look like my home office, but absolutely. Well, you know what, thanks Roma so much for all this, you know, information in the industry. And it is an industry that's evolved significantly uh, from what it was before, but I bet you are looking forward to once when things open up again and things go back to gradually, you know, in face in person meetings and, you know, launch events, which I guess, you know, in person, but I guess everything's moved online and it's, you know, sales are still happening and it's effective and consumers are watching everything online. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. I think this is just the way we're, we're moving forward. And this has become the new norm and it's not even going to be a question maybe a year later. It's just how, you know, we're all adapting. We're definitely adapting and it didn't take that long, you know, to adapt so quickly to the new normal. Again, thank you so much for your time today, Roma. Uh, wishing you all the best and hope we can have you back on once when, you know, everything does open up and trends change to hear your insights. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. Here you have it, folks. It was great to talk to Roma Singh, uh, who has been in the beauty industry for about 14 years. I'm your host, Ramona Singh, and this was Roll Call with Ramona.